Hello, wrestling fans. It's Quint Charisma with Territory Wrestling Review. Uh, today we got news that um, we lost a brother today. Uh, Mitch Ryder uh, passed away. Uh, we don't know no details, but um, uh, sad day. Uh, we'll do a ten bell for Mitch right now. Alright, sad day brother, sad day, It's uh, we're doing this on a Wednesday, uh, it's not a normal Thursday, uh, and you, you sent me a text what, about two hours ago? Yeah, I literally got the news maybe an hour before that, that, uh, that Mitch had passed away, um, like you said, not a lot of details known, um, both of us knew Mitch personally, um, you more than me, uh. You've known Mitch since, gosh, I don't 92. know when you, I know since 92. 1992. And I think I, uh, I got to know Mitch somewhere around 09, I think, oh, uh, 2008-2009 when you'd come down to Nashville. Mitch was an awesome guy, man. He, he was a pleasure to be in the locker room. He, uh, he, he liked the young guys. He, uh, I, I think he got that from Tracy because Tracy Smothers was one of his uh, his mentors, um, and Tracy's always been one to stand up for the young the young talent and try to help them. Uh, and he definitely passed that along to Mitch. Um, my first ever show in the state of Indiana was for uh, Mitch Ryder's XCW Midwest promotion. Um, I believe it was New Albany. I know that was his hometown. Um, I don't know, man. He, it was a throwback. Uh, I think I was first introduced to him watching tapes with you. Um, he was teamed up with Larry Sweeney. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we stole a lot from them. What were they, the Fabulous Threes, what they were called? Yeah, Mitch, uh, Mitch Larry, and... Chad Hawk. Shane, Shane Hawk. Shane, Shane Hawk, Hawk, yeah. Shane Hawk, yeah. Um, they're throwbacks, man. Um, that, that was, that was their deal, uh, in, in Chikara. Yeah, they're the throwbacks um, of Chikara. Old school yeah, throwbacks. They, they, they were like, yeah, not, not the tag team of the same name, the throwbacks. Uh, but they were, they were the Memphis guys in this weird, zany Lucha Libre promotion. Yep. And there was nobody in that company who could top Mitch on the microphone. No. No, I'm going to miss him, man. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. I, I know it's hitting you hard, and it's, it's hitting me hard as yeah, well. My it, it just, you know, it's just another brother gone, man. You know, Mitch had a lot of heat with the boys, you know. Um, Mitch had his demons off and on through the years, and um, his first run here in Tennessee, um, you know, he got a lot of heat with the boys because his demons took over, you know, and it happens, you know, and... You know, after that, he you know, he fought his demons off and on for years, you know, and he was, um, you know, he, he, when he came, finally got to come back around, 
you know, I, you could tell he was remorseful about, you know, the stuff he did, you know, because, I mean, he, he got pretty bad off, and, and he'd tell you that, you know, it was, uh, so, but, you know, we all have demons in one way or the other, it's just, uh, you know, he fought them off and on, you know, like a lot of us do, and, um, like I said, I've known him since 92, uh, I think the first town I ever met him in was in Shelbyville, Tennessee in 92, um, yeah, he was, um, he was Mitch Ryder, and then he, uh, after a f couple months down there, well, 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 after I started down there, he was already down there for a little bit, they changed his name to Mitch Rhodes, um, horrible gimmick, but he went with it, and then he, and then he, a lot of stuff happened, and he went away from the business for a few years, and then when he came back, you know, started doing stuff. He went back to Mitch Ryder, which was the best thing for him. Because, <laughs> uh, like I said, I don't. They, I ain't sure who really come up with the gimmick, told him to do it. But he was still new in the business, wanting to, you know, he'd do whatever they anybody asked. So he did the gimmick, you know. So, but um, uh, yeah, it just, it's, like I said, it's a sad day. Lost another brother. Uh, he's my age, so it's really, you know, hits home there, you know. Again, yeah, he but, was. Uh, he was. I looked it up. He was forty-eight years old. Yeah, same. The same exact age. Yeah, and um, you know, same age. Start at the same time. You know, green as grass together. You know, worked all the same places and everything. You know, I said just really. You know, I said you know I said he got a lot of heat with the guys, but he, you know, he made up for it, and you know, and it just. I don't know. It's just really sad. So yeah. I do have uh, something that might make you laugh. The very last time I saw Mitch, and I, I, it's been a long time now that I'm looking at it, it was uh, five years ago. Um, I was recovering from my shoulder surgery. Uh, so I was just kind of riding with friends to shows because I was tired of being stuck in the house. Yeah. And I've got, you know, the, the post-shoulder surgery uh, – sling on you know the big sling with the rubber ball yeah. on the end and everything so I'm, I'm talking like i was four weeks out of major shoulder surgery um i and i ride up with some friends to iwa mid-south and mitch is in the locker room and mitch sees me and he's really happy to see me and he slaps me right on the shoulder oh and i double over in pain and i go mitch what are you doing <laughs> Like I just had shoulder surgery. He's like, "Oh, brother, I'm sorry. I thought you were working it or something." Yeah, working the gimmick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mitch, sound like, he, sound like he gargled razor blades. He had that voice. Oh yeah. yeah he, he, he had a voice like this and the purdy purdy hair. Yeah, he, uh, he was the best yeah, man. He, he was. He's one of the boys, definitely. All right, like I said, I hate to start out with this being, but man, it just that sucks. Um, okay, yes, all right, all right. We're gonna go back to the regular show now. Um, Mitch, brother, we're gonna miss you, Mitch Ryder, baby. Yeah, one more time, Mitch Ryder, baby. All right, hello, wrestling fans. This is Quint Charisma. Hey, that's me, and today I'm with Jeremiah Plunkett. Yo. 
Hello again, everybody. Jeremiah Plunkett and Quentin Charisma. By golly, we are smacked up along ringside and son of a gun. We are ready to go with another big week of the Territorial Wrestling Review. That's right. It's hard, to it's hard to have that. Sorry, it's hard to have that energy out of this uh, after is. such a solemn moment, man. Yeah. But we're we're gonna push through because you know what? What Mitch Ryder loved is Memphis wrestling, and that's what we're covering today. Exactly. Mm. All right, this is gonna be show number thirty-two for us. Um, so it's the uh, CWA Memphis TV show from August eighth, nineteen eighty-seven, Evansville, Indiana feed. So and thank it, God it's a studio show. Yeah, and so that means it was taped in Memphis on August 1st, 1987. Yeah, and it's a studio show, thank goodness. Uh, have the regular opening with the video and the music. I, I'm ready for the... They're probably going to change that soon because they, they've let it go for about six months now since they've added anything to it. So they're due for... New, I was thinking about that when I was watching. I was like, you know, they hadn't had any... The, on the opening, no new clips, you know, added to it. Well, you know, you're you're under the impression they just got a new Booker. So once they get rid of some of the old talent, well, most of it's not like a lot of the guys are gone. It's on it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> a lot of it's the guys taking the bump, so they can stay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Lance gives the greeting. I don't know if he gave any Lanceisms. I don't know if he did or not. Um, not really. Yeah, it was short. His greeting was short today. Uh, Tosses it over to Dave. Dave's uh, just today's uh, line, lineup. Um, he said there will be a six-man tag in the main event. He says the Nasty Boys are here. Jeff Jarrett, Billy Travis, uh, Rocky Johnson, Paul Diamond, Pat Tanaka. They're on the card. And uh, says they're on the card today. And, and then he throws it back to Lance. And Lance pitches it to the break. Crowd was loud on the opening. Yeah. They were really loud. Um, they didn't give much detail in the in the lineup today. Didn't really even say any matches. Just say who all was going to be there. So that was kind of a little bit odd. Uh, so they go to break. And they come back. Lance is standing, and George Barnes. <laughs> and remember, we were trying to think. Of, was it about three weeks ago? If that was a denim jacket, I could tell today. This it wasn't. It's not a denim jacket he's wearing. Yeah, it's a little let down. It's definitely yeah. a sparkly sequin jacket yeah. and like a baby blue. Yeah, we got uh, better. This this one's a lot better quality than that one we seen. So you could, I could tell it was. Yeah, it got let down a little bit. <laughs> but you know, he's probably had that thing since '77. So. <laughs> oh yeah, he has obviously hasn't updated his gear in forever. Yeah. So yeah. Um. So he starts the interview bashing done. This was funny. <laughs> he says the. Uh, there's nothing worse than an Australian uh, imitating a Yank. Uh, so I guess that's Yankee, I mean American. Um, says Bill Dundee thinks he's Elvis. And said, so we know how Elvis died. <laughs> I was like, okay, dude, you're in Memphis. You you might get shot for that. <laughs> No, man, but it, it, it's good. George oh, it's Barnes great. is a is a, is a heat seeker. Yeah, it was great. I was like, man, and he, man, he just, he, and then he starts talking about um, growing up. Him and Dundee, they had. Um, he said there was the two most important people in his life was his two coaches growing up. I didn't write their names down because um, <laughs> we don't even know if they're real people. Yeah, 
<laughs> I, even though I, I will say Dundee said their name too, yeah. so it's very likely they probably yeah, are. Probably but they're the they're the amateur wrestling coaches from their youth. I thought they told a good story, man. It uh, did. It was good. This yeah, whole thing with them has just been good. Yeah, George Barnes is a, is a very underrated promo. Yeah. Oh, it, um, it's, this whole thing was good, and uh, talks about how. Um, they said that Bill was one step behind him and that um, he'll never be able to catch up to him. Uh, he says, Barnes says he's the best wrestler. Uh, he says that they told him he was the best wrestler they ever saw and that he's uh, there's not one wrestler in America uh, that cannot wrestle him. And um, basically that was the stint to it. Basically, I was running Dundee down and and putting himself over, and, and, and like I said, telling a good story, you know, at their back, you know, the background, which that helps, you know, and, cause, yeah. you know, because he hadn't been there, you know, and, like, you know, he left in 76, didn't he? I think into 76, I can't remember exactly, time period, but, you know, he, his, you know, what year was up, and he left, and then hadn't been back, so, no, you know, and so it's kind of a refresher, you know, that, to remind people, hey, you know, him at Dundee, you know, Look how far back they go. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. It's it just really good. And something I really enjoyed about this promo is he did foreshadowing into the story being told later. You know, he said, that, you know, he was talking about wrestling, not punching and kicking and eye gouging wrestling. Yeah. And it seems like a throw a throwaway line here, but later in the show, that's going to be for, that's going to, foreshadowing is yeah. going to pay off. Yeah. yeah and he, you know, he says, uh, yeah, he said, like I said, like you said, you know, uh, punching and all that stuff. He said, you know, he's talking about wrestling holds, counter holds, and reversals and all that stuff. So it's really good. Um, so they, this whole thing with them two has been done very well, and um, just, just just really really good. Um, okay, I think I just lost my place. Ah. We follow up one great oh, yeah. interview with another great interview. Yeah, and interview. it's like back-to-back. Back. I mean, he come um, as soon as Barnes is leaving, and Brickhouse Brown, you can see he walks out, Paul Diamond, Pat Tanaka, and Don Bass is with him. Um, he starts talking, basically, and uh, <laughs> he says, uh, talks about, he starts talking about uh, the people on the top, the talent on the top, he says, it's always Jeff Jarrett, Bill Dundee, Rocky, the Oreo Johnson. I was like, what? <laughs> what? I was like, that must be an inside joke because he's fully black as far as I know of, ain't he? Well, it, uh, an Oreo is, uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a slur, but it, it's it's oh. a term for someone who's white on the inside, black on the oh. out. Okay, I didn't know it was racial. I thought I thought it might like him an inside joke or something because I was like, he's not mixed. Okay, well if it's a, if it's a racial thing, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I like I said, I don't know if it's necessarily a slur, yeah. but that's what the term represents. Okay. That's what the term means. All right, and then he's then he says then he answers that and he says Jerry Lawler, and he talks about and uh, all the talent on the bottom is. Uh, the best talents on the bottom. He said, the only reason why they're on top is because they're organized. And uh, he said, now we're going to, he says, now we're going to be organized. He said, and then he told him, he told Lance, he said, don't call me Brickhouse no more. He said, call me the Prince of the Commission. And this is where it gets really bad. And I did not like this at all. Out comes Bruno. 
And Bruno has been on top. Even when, when Paul Lee come in for a couple weeks, Paul Lee, they were gonna you could say they were fixing to push Paul Lee, but then they put Paul Lee just basically really backburnered him and, and you know, and Bruno went back to being the top heel manager. Um two weeks ago he had three tag teams, basically you know what I'm saying? It just he, you know, then last week he still had two. You know? And um the top heel team and then you know, the moon does just like so and then this week he comes out and like looks over to Pat and Paul and's like, you know, what's going on? I'm you know, I thought y'all was with me and then I don't know who told Paul Dime to say this line, but he um uh, he said, We don't talk to slime like you and it got a baby face pop. He should have never eat that's like he just said you know, get out of here. So, you know, so he shouldn't say we don't talk to slime. That was, you know, because it got a pop. People, there were people cheered. I was like, yeah. Uh, oh. See, I, I disagree with you with the, with what they're doing with Bruno. I like it, um, and I like it for for a couple different reasons. I do agree that the line from Paul should have never been said. They should have just let Breakhouse do all the talking and not responded. Um, because I, like you said, it gave a baby face pop to the commission, which they, they, what they're doing is unionizing. They should have been the union instead of the commission, but yeah. that's whatever, that's whatever. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I like what they're doing because it's almost putting sympathy on Bruno. Um, well, let's well, say what, what they do first. Uh, well, you know, Brickhouse says he has some plans for Bruno. I'm sorry. The Prince says he has plans for Bruno. Um, and he wants to be a part. If he wants to be a part of it, he has to pass a loyalty test. Well, first he said, "Are you with us or are you against us?" And he said, "And what he say? I wrote it down somewhere." Um, he, he said, "I guess I'm with you." Yeah, because he says, "You know," he says, "If you're not with us, you know what? You'll be on your own, and you know what'll happen." And that, then, but that, the whole thing, I think, was Bruno didn't sell it. I think Bruno was upset because he just got knocked down from being the the top hill manager being on top and he comes in and basically is told you're not going to be the top hill manager anymore. You're not even really going to have much, you know what I'm saying? Because he sold it horribly. See, I I don't think so. I think it's planting seeds for a story and and they talk about it a little bit later in the show, but I I think Bruno is going to do, you know, either have a brief baby face run you know, with the way they did this, because that basically embarrassed Bruno. The loyalty yeah. test is he has to shine uh, shine Brickhouse's boots. Yeah, they said a little. They said yeah, because Bruno stuck his hand out. To, he said, "Okay, I'm in." Stuck his hand out, and Brickhouse looked at Pat and Paul. And he's like, "We didn't like that." He's got to pass the loyalty test. He told Tanaka to go to the back. Tanaka comes back. Tanaka comes back out with a shoe shine kit, and he asked him, "You know what that is?" He said, "Yeah." So he told me he's got to shine his boots. So Bruno starts shining. And did you? Uh, the people started. They were starting to get behind Bruno a little bit. They were telling him not to do it. And see, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They put a little sympathy on Bruno, so they they're either going to give Bruno a brief baby face run yeah. out of this, like he'll finally have all he can stands that he yeah. can't stands no more, or he will, you know, even further get more heat by 
taking all this yeah. because if, if you've got no balls, those people aren't going to, yeah. you know, ever stand up for you. So yeah. it, it's doing one of the two things. I would probably side more on a brief babyface run unless there's another Booker turn. You know, this is Memphis, Man. so there could be another Booker t- turnover, and this can be totally forgotten. Yeah. But, but I thought he I thought he sold it well. I thought he sold it with confusion and even a little fear. Yeah, but I think his words or what he's saying was like he should have said he I, yeah, he, he the confusion but it just didn't I think he he, he dumbed it down too much, I think. Because he, because I'm saying to be the top heel manager, he should be like, "What the crap's going on?" I mean, you know, he could, he just, he was on just like, oh, I thought, oh, uh, he was stumbling and stuttering, like, oh, I thought you was with me. I mean, I think if he, it, yeah, he had to be, he needed to stun, but I don't think he sold this. You know, it, to me, it just seemed like he didn't know what to say. You know, I don't know if they told him what to say and he didn't know what to say. You know, it just kind of, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, he tell he shines the shoes and breakout says him he he passed the test, and he tells Lance he said that uh, talks about Lance he said you've been out here, uh, talking bad about me every week all day he said I'll f- he says I'll find somebody to <laughs> I'll find somebody to do the uh, commentary or something like that, and uh, and I'll replace you or something because like he says he's, oh, he says uh, you've been buying some prejudice and. Uh, and he says he'll find somebody to take your spot or something like that. And uh, basically, he's just um, basically just going basically like they're going to be taking over because they're going to all they're going to unite together and they're going to run that place. And he says, as he says, Eddie Marlin, he goes, we have. Uh, he said, well, I don't. How do you say it? Uh, the open contract gimmick. Uh, he explained it. I'm trying to think out without saying the whole thing, it took it'll take forever to. Basically, he said, he said there, we have open contracts here. He said, tell Eddie Marlin no more. The uh, the Prince, if you want anybody in the commission to wrestle, they come. You got to go through me. He said no more open contracts. Basically, what it was. Um, yeah. I, and did you realize so this segment is every bit of four and a half to five minutes? Oh, it's at least five. At least and. Brickhouse carried this promo like a champ. Yeah, he's a talker, man. He, he he's good. Uh, I love this entire segment. I know you and I differ on the uh, downtown Bruno portion of it. Yeah. The the only irk I have about the entire promo is Brickhouse relies on the "let me tell you something" yeah. line. Well, far only, too besides much. the the selling part, actually, yeah, we had we see different on that. That's no big deal, but. I tell you what really got me. Don Bass didn't say a word until he walked off and you couldn't see what he said. And, and Lance goes, all right, Don. <laughs> oh, he, he, knowing Don, he probably threw something in there about his singing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he didn't say a word the whole time. It's like <laughs> he's just sitting over there. <laughs> I, I love the fact that none of these guys look like they would belong together. Yeah, no, that's what, that's, you know, that's what he's bringing everybody together. Oh, wait till next week. I would may I, uh, fast forward to see if it's uh kind of you know if it was a studio show again. It was it's a studio show. Oh yeah, we get a whole cast of characters. It, it, it gets crazy next week. Uh okay, let's see. So the cut to break. Uh, and we get our first Super Tour eighty seven BTR. 
this one's a little different. It's voiced over mm-hmm. by Lance Russell, and it's just using repurposed footage from the original video. Basically, yeah. Uh, and it has a graphic at the bottom. It said, you know, it's Evansville Coliseum and Evansville Indian and all that stuff. Uh, so they don't tell us a card um, for the um, Wednesday night, August 12th, 1987. Well, they, they do announce Only, a couple of the matches. Yeah, they just, uh, so they don't tell the whole card. They, they, you know, like I said, they cut the videos together. They use the same footage, but then they splice them together. So it's going to be Kurt Henning against Jerry Lawler for the AWA title. Uh, then they showed the video, they spliced the video of the Borzuk. Well, they didn't splice it because they was already in there. Borzuk off, sold out Usenoff. Uh, AWA Tag Team Champions uh, defend their belts against uh, Wahoo McDaniels and DJ Peterson. Uh, then it's uh, Jeff Jarrett and Billy Travis against Paul Dine and Pat Tanaka uh, for the Southern Tag Team uh, Southern uh, Southern Tag Team titles. And did and you we get a little promo? Yeah, and on this one it was actually a new. Uh, they actually took out the then they added Paul Dine and Pat Tanaka doing yeah talking and actually well, it was all. Paul talking, Mike works. That was a little. That was at least they put something new in it. Uh, and they do a, the. Then they show a video of um, the video part of George Barnes and Bill Dundee. Um, it's a he says Australian shootout match with Bill Dundee against George Barnes. So I guess that's the. They'll we'll figure find out more about that later. So they really don't. They don't really stooge it off. They just say an Australian shootout, man. We don't know what that is. but uh, So it's some kind of gimmick match. And then it says Mitch Snow and Kevin Kelly and many others. I'm going to cut the break. You missed something. Oh, I did. What did I miss? In, in that promo, Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond have officially dubbed themselves as Bad Company. Oh, did they? I didn't they realize did. that. Okay. They did, and I got excited. Okay. I knew it was coming. They were changing name pretty soon, but I didn't know. I didn't. I missed that. <laughs> Slip my mind. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, here's the thing about the the, the super tour gimmick. Um, I give it a B plus. Um, my thing is though, they could they could have spent some more time and did use different footage. You know what I'm saying? Hyped it more. I mean, it was okay. I mean the Lawler, uh, the the Lawler and Henning. That part I thought was pretty deep, even though it was old footage. But it kind of it, it made it feel big time, you know. But the rest of the you know the tag thing, and wasn't Travis and um, uh, Jarrett supposed to get the title shot? Remember last week the, uh, they were talking about their dream match. They said the Southern Tag Team Champions will go against the. Uh, the AWA Tag Team Champions when they come to town or something like that, didn't they? I remember, uh, I remember him mentioned it was Je- it was Jeff mentioning it last week on one of their on one, uh, when they were talking about their dream match. He mentioned the tag team um, getting a shot at the AWA Tag Team Champions. The Southern uh, Southern Tag will be getting a shot. Well, maybe that's not for Evansville. Oh, wait, well, I looked at I looked at Memphis. I pulled, found Memphis's card, pulled it up. I looked for Nationals, couldn't find Nationals. Found, I found uh, Memphis's uh, uh, from um, uh, actually it wouldn't been this TV because this TV was taped. So the the um, eighth the uh, eighth the August third Memphis uh, Miss Alcosim show 
uh, it actually had a regular um, uh, card, um, you know, because this is a week behind. So I guess they couldn't bring in the AWA people for two weeks, have them, you know, floating for two weeks. So um, I'll explain this later, a little later, about why this show wasn't angle-driven besides the one angle. Um, so I done lost myself. Daggummit. Uh, they supposed to, they remember Jeff was talking about it but anyway because um, actually the uh, let's see this is taped on the eighth so the uh and what ninth uh, tenth so the tenth uh, so August tenth show uh, in the Memphis they had I looked like I said I looked at the the results and it was the uh, AWA tag match was um, Zukov and uh, Sadat Yusinov against uh, Wahoo and DJ Peterson. So it's the same. It was the same card. They ran around the whole loop, obviously. So that week. Um, but um, so I come back to uh, studio. Um, I just think they did, they could have did better by they could have done a different video. You know what I'm saying? It, it just, well, of course it, they could have, but it's Memphis. They're going to do the bare minimum. Yeah, that's true. I guess especially, I mean, because, you know, they, well, I'll tell you right now, they, I bet they use the same gimmick for the Memphis card because it's the same card, and they just spliced in on the, put the graphic in for Evansville on top of it. No problem. And did Nashville, too, I'm sure, assuming. So, if they were going to do it, use it for Memphis, today, they would have put some more to it, but, like I said, who knows. Uh, so, go back to Studio Lance um, Center, and out comes Dundee. <laughs> And this is what's so far. He's in full Elvis gimmick. From oh, yeah. Head, full black jumpsuit. Oh, my. Red, the, red uh, I don't even know what you'd call it. The uh, He has the big butterfly shirt on. Butterfly collar shirt. The big uh, belt buckle almost looks like the, almost <laughs> reminds you of the CWA world title. The big square belt buckle. It's about the same size. Yeah, he's Elvis out, and I was like, and <laughs> I was like, boy, you just—I mean, I know they did it on purpose because you know he was calling him Elvis, you know, looked like Elvis, you know, at, at the um, George Barnes. <laughs> so they come out. I was like, oh my gosh, he's dead, you know, and he ain't dressed like that yet. This is the first time I can remember him going full uh, late seventies, early eighties Dundee Elvis gimmick since he's been back, ain't it? Uh, no, he did uh, last week because he did he that didn't... super long intro, but it wasn't the black jumpsuit, it was a red jumpsuit, and he didn't have the undershirt, and I don't he think he had the, the glasses. glasses on, I don't think, yeah. Yeah, he didn't have, he didn't have everything. He yeah. had his, uh, he had his house show, uh, yeah. <laughs> his house show jumpsuit yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, definitely, he went full, he went full gimmick on this one. Um, so he comes over and, um. I didn't care for this. First thing he says, he puts down Bruno. Why did they don't? Why? He shouldn't. He's got other stuff he needs to worry about. He's the first thing he opens his mouth. He's he puts down Bruno, and I put on here big letters. Why? You should be worried yeah. about Barnes. Memphis does that too, where they always uh, will comment on another angle, yeah. and I never understood why. Yeah, Dundee seems like he does it a lot here lately. Yeah. Um, so uh, Dundee says uh, George, George Barnes is right. 
He said, we're probably the two best technical wrestlers in the world today. And I was like, uh, wow, okay. I know it's part of the angle. <laughs> Just go with it. Um, he said, but nowadays everyone uh, don't want to wrestle. It's punch and kick. And said, those were their two coaches. Uh, he says he's Australian by birth, but American by choice. And then he gets fired up. And man, well, both of these interview promos, whatever you want to call them, were dead on the money. George Barnes was dead on from the get. It took Dundee a minute to warm up. Once he warmed up, and once he took the glasses off, he he tried to be serious with those dumb glasses on, and I couldn't take him seriously. Well, he he noticed that Dundee, he's kind of like Lawler. He's got that Lawler interview style of he starts out slow, and then he gets it going. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's a long interview, um, you know, you kind of got to do that. Because it's not just your little, you know, 20-second match plug for the for the card you know it's a you got a you know, two minute segment so you got to kind of you got to pace it you know what i'm saying yeah it's and it, it he just builds it up builds it up builds it up, and boom he yeah it was good oh it was so good this this i'll tell you man this is you can tell this is dundee booking their own him and barnes's stuff because it's like night and day compared to everybody else's stuff oh it you know what do you think? You think that, or what are you seeing in it? No, I, I agree. I, I do think it's funny, and I even noted that it, it's pretty ironic. You know that they're talking about Dundee's been wondering all his life who the better wrestler is, and you know he's finally going to find out. No kicking, no punching, just who's the better wrestler. And I'm like, coming from Bill Dundee, no punches. Come I'm on, like, that's, that's all he's did is punching. But like he said, that's what everybody does nowadays, and. and you know, and so he, you know, like it was good because he said that's what everybody does is punch and kick nowadays. You know, because he's you know one of the main people. So you know, he, he it's good. And my thing, if if you just listen, it, it's really good because he said it basically said, yeah, I'm one of those guys too. Now, you know, he said that you know we were we are, you know, but nowadays everybody just punch kicks and that's what he does. So it it's really a lot of thought into it. You know, I think. He, they really like Barnes went you know to their past real deep you know Dundee's getting really you know deep with saying you know we are two best technical wrestlers but nowadays all everybody does is punch and kick because you know he's the that's all we've seen him and George Barnes do you know Dundee forever and then Barnes the last couple weeks you know yeah, well, I, I even went back and, I, you know, I watched what little footage there is out there. And, you know, even when they were tagging together, like, they were big, big punch kick brawlers. Look at this Memphis. Yeah. Memphis territory. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, that's basically what, you know, you, you have a little wrestling mixed in, but it's mostly a brawl, you know, punch kick territory. Um, I put my little note here. I put, man, I said, wow, what an interview. I said, Dundee was on it today, just like Barnes. And I said, this is what draws you money right here. This angle draws you money. The way they've set it up, the way Dundee and Barnes both have come across in their interviews, this is money. This is how you draw money. It's it's so much separated from the rest of the card. It's like night and day. All right, so we got the first match. They che- they went cheap on the graphics this week because we got no first names this week. It says Dominant Tanaka versus Thompson and Maddox, um, Brickhouse, and Bruno. Uh, it's the Prince. I'm, I'm, I wrote Brickhouse on everyone, so I'm going to call him Brickhouse. I'm going to tear right now. 
because I it's, I'm Colin Brickhouse forever, so it's I'm probably just gonna keep Colin Brickhouse. Um, they get no graphic. They come out there, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, dang, crappity. Jerry Calhoun is gonna is gonna be the referee for all the matches today. Um, so um, Paul and Freezer start. Paul starts to heat him dead off. Uh, there's a lot of chops and, and kicks and. Uh, they clothesline Maddox right on, right on his face, man. Oh, gosh. Did you see that clothesline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tanaka took Maddox's head off oh, of that line. Oh, man. Um, man, Freezer bumps, back bumps good for a big guy. Yeah, he, he moves great for somebody his size. Yeah, he can bump. And, and did you hear? Oh, <laughs> they, they said Freezer at 274, and Lance goes, I think that's a little lighter. <laughs> I was like, dang, this very poor guy. Already... <laughs> well, no, no, no. Now, Memphis, they always talk about size. They love size in Memphis. Yeah, but he said that's a little light for him. <laughs> Saying that it, he's way over 274, which he is, but it was just like, uh, that's a little a little lighter for him. I mean, he's a little more than that. <laughs> he just was like, all right, let's. Well, it's obvious. I mean, you look at him, you know he's no 274. Well, I, that, that, that may be uh, freezer shoot weight, because they also say Jeff Jarrett's over 200 pounds, so. Well, yeah, you, you didn't hear Cornette say you never you never know somebody under 100, 100, 200. It's like 200, 201, you know, even though if they're 175, you know, like, you know. Oh, yeah, so uh, certain announcers always give a bump. Yeah. You know, and it's a different number for each announcer, but I've always heard like an eight-pound bump or something like that. It's like USC, they bump their height. They can't bump their weight, but they bump their height. You know? Yeah. And, uh, oh, wrestling bumps height, too. Come on. Oh, yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> did, did you see the recent thing about Adam Cole being called six foot? <laughs> and then they uh, they put a picture of him next to Zack Sabre Jr., who's legit six foot. Well, see, Zack Sabre's so skinny, it makes him look taller. <laughs> or the fact that they're standing yeah. side by side. Yeah, I know. There, there's a good four to five inches. Well, you know, it, it's been like that in history. I mean, it's a work. You know, they, oh, yeah, no, you, absolutely. You got, to, you got to do what you got to do. All right, so, yeah, he clotheslines him right in the mush. Um, let's see. So, yeah, basically it was a lot of chops and kicks and punches and... Maddox got body slammed on the floor, yeah. and then, shockingly, the hardest chop came from Paul Diamond on the floor. Yeah, yeah, oh he blew him up, man. So they throw him back in. They go back in, and they go for their new finish, the uh, catapult into the DDT. And I don't think he knew what, how, how to do that because Maddox went on the catapult. He was already going down for the DDT for Pat. He even got to Pat. Yeah, they, I, I doubt they explained it to him much in the yeah, back. Yeah, it, it, he was already going ahead. As I rewind it a few times, he was already taking a header before he even got to Pat. To, so it, it was all botched up, but it, it got the point across. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that was the they pinned him. That was the pin off, off their fin. I don't know if they got a, a, a name for it yet. Um, well, back then, they didn't really have nobody had names for the finish. That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, right. It's just the move. Yeah. But like Lawler had the atomic fist drop. I think it's on thing anybody ever called. Uh, uh, Austin Idol had the Las Vegas leg lock. Oh, it was just right. a bigger four. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about him. But yeah, it was very few that had actual name for their finish. Um. So, 
they pin him and then they throw they throw Freezer out, then they throw Maddox out. Uh Brickhouse Brown just starts slapping him in the face and Freezer he slaps Freezer, Freezer just stands there and no sells. <laughs> Did you see him no sell it? Yeah, it's like he was pondering in his head, do I fight back? Yeah, it's like, what do I do? It's like, because it wasn't like really, it was just more of a, like a, wasn't a hard, like, boom, you know, it was more like a, uh, it was an insulting slap. Yeah, there you go, that's the word I'm looking for, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah, he was kind of like, do I sell it? Do I get mad? What do I, he just kind of like, you know, <laughs> He just kind of stood there. So they walk. So they all walk off. They just stop and just all walk out. And boy, practically here it, together. Huh? Practically together. Yeah, I know. I noticed. <laughs> with, with just like, uh, with just Jerry Calhoun in between them. Yeah, it's like they all just walked out. And then the baby faces turned left and the heels went right up to their, that's like, huh? Because <laughs> I think Fridge is like, screw it. I got to work double duty. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> so, oh, this gets good. So everybody leaves, I put it at the same time, and George Barn comes out, <laughs> and he says he heard Elvis Presley's clone out here. <laughs> he tells him Elvis Presley Jr., and he calls him Elvis Presley Jr. <laughs> and then he starts talking about them. Talking about the match and how he doesn't lose his temper and man, this was all. Oh, this was good. Did you get it? Yeah, no, it was it was absolutely great. He starts out by saying that Eddie Marlin is stated that the first person to punch or kick loses. Um, and Dundee had alluded to the fact that that George Barnes is you know ill-tempered. You know he's going to lose his temper. Blah blah blah. And Barnes the entire time is saying how even-tempered he is. He's out of control. Yeah, he's just irate, red-faced, yeah. screaming. It's, it, you know, it was fantastic. Yes, he's like, you gotta suck it up, George, and no, you know, just it was all with it was money, dude. I was like, this is the best angle they've did in years. It, it was fantastic. Oh my gosh, uh, this is what you know, Rich, Idol, and Lawler should have been, you know, but. That you know, who knows what happened with all, but anyway, oh, this is so good. Yeah, he was going, he was almost slobbering, he was red. Oh, it was awesome. And he keeps, he always calls Lance, he calls him Russell. <laughs> but yeah, that was all oh, I, I put on here. That is awesome. What a job. I said, this, I said, these two interviews, this whole angle is just excellent. Now, I'll say it again this is how you draw money. Barnes Lee's. <laughs> I mean, it was just. It was. Gosh, it was so good. Oh, it was, goodness, it was so good. Uh, so then the music hits, and what the crap? Soul Man music hits. The song Soul Man. And out comes Rocky Johnson getting down. He's shucking and jiving, moving and grooving. Yeah, so and, and he's wearing zebra print headband and tights. Yep. And a ripped up shirt. And it's totally a different Rocky Johnson than we've seen this entire time him yeah, being back. Yeah, he's been so serious since he's been back. And then with the George Barnes stuff, he got even seriouser, if that's a word. Um, and he's dancing. He grabs a little girl in the crowd. Uh, well, I don't know if she's a little girl, but 
I don't know how, maybe a teenage age, starts dancing with her in the crowd. He starts dancing, baby facing the crowd. He stops and dances with two young kids. Then he boogies over to the desk and tells Lance to come on out there and boogie with him. <laughs> and Lance says, no. He says, I'm all right back here. <laughs> then he goes to the ring. There's no graphic because Rooster Cogburn jumps Rocky, right, when he tries to come through the ropes. I was very disappointed in this match just because it goes 14 seconds. But you know what? Only two people I think could do this could have did this and got it over. Good, which there's only two hills I would uh, job guys that I would I would have did it with would be Rooster and Keith Eric. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's just, oh man. <laughs> well, I, I, when I saw Rocky Johnson showing all this personality, yeah, and he walked by and I saw those Rooster Cogburn in the ring, yeah. I was like. Oh man, this is going to be good. It, it was fine for what it was. It was a great, you know, good victory for Johnson. Real quick, it, it was literally he did, does something, hits a drop kick, pins him, get rolls out of the ring, no, and dances drop kicks. the rest of the it's way. Two drop, two kicks. drop kick. Well, that's what the first thing was. That, well, he shot him. Rooster shot him off, and I think it was he did the roll through. He rolled underneath and came back up, drop kick right in the mouth. Fed back up, another drop kick right in the mouth, and pinned him one, two, three. Um, then he, uh, he, he, um, he rolls out after the three. Rooster and jumps up. To the back. And, yeah. And Rooster jumps up, starts complaining about the tights. Um, Johnson did a few little hip shakes in the ring and got out and, yeah, Chuck and jived his way to the back. They cut to the break. Oh, my gosh. Did you see on the, you know, the little bumper they show going to the break? Man, that drop kick got him right in the mouth. Oh yeah, no, oh. It, it was it was dead on. Because they slow bow it and they stop it right. It was like, oh, Rooster throws no hands up. Yeah, it's dead on. Eat it. <laughs> uh, but like I put it in the notes, you know, it's like wow. He goes from a serious racial angle three weeks ago to shucking and jiving. I'm confused. <laughs> I think I think everybody was too when he came out because the people are like. Because they hear the music, and I know the people have been in Memphis, so I was like, oh, Bruce Brothers? Pork That's chop, exactly what I pork thought. Pork Chop and Troy Graham, or is it, it going to be Pork Chop and Mad Dog? You know you know those people were thinking that, and then Rocky comes out, and they're like, huh? <laughs> so yeah, like, no, as soon as I heard Soul Man, I was excited, because yeah. I, I, I love Pork Chop Cash, and I thought Pork Chop Cash was coming back. Well, see, I think they're like... Their last run in Memphis, I think they were babies for a short time. I know they were in Watts when they went and went to Watts. I think they actually did have a short Bayfish run right after Hart left and all that. I think they actually did. I think I can't remember, though. Anyway, um, so I got the break. They go to uh, Lance with Evansville card for, uh, for 8, 12, 87. He plugs the, how you say it again? <laughs> Vincennes, Indiana. Vincennes, Indiana. Spot show on uh, Thursday, August 13, 1987. Uh, then he throws it to the same video uh, from the, the first card rundown. But it's a little shorter this time. Um, then they, and then it cuts back to break. And then it shows an old video of Jeff Jarrett and Billy Travis uh, from 86. Uh, bon Jovi, Raise Your Hands. I was about uh, to ask if you got the song. Uh, yeah, you know me. <laughs> um... So then, after the video stops, their new music plays, and out comes Jeff Jarrett and Billy Travis, and Lance goes, the BT Express, 
And then Lance and Dave both start laughing. Did you? Did you hear them laugh? Yeah. No, I, I caught that. I popped. Um, and they've got matching jackets. Yeah. And boy, and they're, they're boy that just black. that just popped. Oh, that, that popped Lance big time. He loved that. That's all he talked about the whole time they come to the got to the table with their jackets. Is man, they got some nice new outfits. <laughs> and then I put on my notes. I said, I put note in the back. Mark Starr is sitting there looking at the monitor, cussing, saying, "Well, it's official. No more Mark Starr and Billy Travis tag team." <laughs> Because I got matching yeah, yeah. jackets. <laughs> exactly. Well, didn't didn't Mark Starr and Billy Travis just get brand new jackets right before they broke them up? Yeah, like the yeah the two weeks ago they came out with matching. Because you you the one that um you noticed it, and I was like, oh yeah, they did, didn't they? They had the uh, matching what if it's the same jackets, and Jeff's just like give them back. <laughs> give me give me your jacket, Mark. <laughs> Daddy said, give me a jacket. <laughs> Everybody's always putting down George Gillis saying, Daddy said sell. Daddy said give me the jacket. <laughs> I know and that one was good. I, I, thought, I thought they had matching tights, and then I realized I just, just had some black tights with a checkered yeah. stripe. And, man, he should have put his old white boots back on because, man, those yellow boots clash with that outfit. <laughs> and, and welcome to the red carpet rundown with, with Quentin and JP. <laughs> okay, so... Um, Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, okay, where's... Okay, so it's the third match. It says uh, graphic has Jarrett Travis against Roberson and Thunderbird. But there's no Thunderbird, and we get a guy named Buddy James. It says he's out of Arkansas. Uh, he's a uh, portly feller. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of reminds you of a lot of 80s indie old-timers, kind of, I guess. I don't yeah, know. I, I, I kind of got a Buddy Wayne feel. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I was going to say, kind of like a Buddy Wayne feel. A like he, he wasn't as big as Buddy Wayne, no. but, but, but get he, that, he was get a that idea. Yeah. Uh, we got about 10 minutes before we speed this up. Um, I just want to add to it. It's whatever. Because we, we actually took a little time beginning. Um, so, they, uh, so, Bill Travis and Keith Robertson start. Um they're baby facing. They're baby facing, working the arm in and out, and then something happened between Travis and Roberson. Yeah. And you know, here's my thing. Billy Travis don't take. He don't take advantage of the the guys until they mess up or something makes him mad. And then he he gets hot. Um, I've noticed that, and it's usually with guys that. He knows he's been there enough that should be able. To, they somebody they mess up something. He gets mad and it makes him mad. But it's all it's not with guys that's been there a while. And I think he's uh, got the he's the mindset of, you know, you've been working long enough. You shouldn't mess something up this easy and it makes him mad. Good something got messed up. He dropped. So he went to drop the arm. <laughs> he would drop the leg on on Roberson's arm and he wasn't even on the mat yet when he dropped. The arm of the leg on the arm. I was like, "What the crap?" Well, yeah. no, he was on the mat. He was trying to get up. Yeah, he was trying to get up. So, I mean, it was just. And then he he gave him, he, he he gave me some some pretty stiff shots. Uh, uh, did you see Roberson throws a straight right? Yeah, he just and, yeah he tried and to misses. Yeah, he he jabbed him, boy. I was like, "Whoa!" And Billy got out of the way of that. And I was like, "Yeah, they're." I was like, "Well," then Billy went over. They tagged out, and I was like, "Man, it's um." Yeah, it's fixing to get bad here. 
I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, don't, I've noticed he don't like. I said he don't take advantage of the guys. But it's like when they mess up, and it's it seems like it's always the one that's been there for a while. And he'll get he'll get him he you know gets their attention. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he threw it right, and I was like, man, if I yeah, he you know, and I've heard this from several people and, uh, that Billy wasn't a bad you know wasn't a bad butt. Or whatever, but they said he could act. He would. He would. He would hold his own. He wasn't yeah. a tough guy, but he didn't take no crap on it. And they said he he could fight. Um, they said he Wait, got it. He sure dodged that right hand. Yeah. Um, so Buddy James comes in. Uh, then they shoot him in the ropes. He about falls down. Do you see him? <laughs> yeah, I, I think they shot him hard though. Because, well, like, now I tell you what it was. Uh, it's supposed to be a, a, I think it was going to be a double whip. Billy shot him off on one, and Jeff just pushed him on the butt with the other one. Okay. He, he didn't shoot his arm, so I think it messed him. I think it threw his threw him off because that would throw me off too. Because Jeff just like pushed him, and you know didn't shoot him. Billy shot him, and Jeff didn't shoot him. He just kind of pushed him with his hand. It's like whoa, and he kind of because he was he was turned, and yeah, he he got all messed up, come ropes, and and then when. Jeff went to give him the drop kick for the finish. Usually Jeff takes their heads off, but he hit him right, right in the chest. So it that was no, all. No, it, it would have hit him in the face. Uh, Buddy got his hands up. Yeah, he was because he came off those ropes. He was just all discombobulated. You could tell. So you know, so he, he so you know, I, I think it just kind of messed him up. Uh, so the, the uh, like I said, that was the one, two, three from the drop kick. Um, so Billy and uh, Jeff get, get yeah, jump out of the ring, and they grab they grab this little kid, and held him up, and he wave they tend to wave at the camera. Then Billy socks off with him, takes and goes halfway down the thing and just slings him over <laughs> to somebody. Did you notice that? Yeah, no, I did. This, I was like, I was is like, he gonna steal this child? I was like, but then he just kind of just like slung him off to some people ten seats down from his parents or whatever. I was like. Okay, Billy, that baby faced it, and then you just turned heel because <laughs> you just like get out of here, you know. Um, so that was kind of funny. Uh, so they cut the break, come back to the studio. Oh my gosh, hit music hits. It's the Nasty Boys. Ugh. They come out for the fourth match of the day. It's the Nasty Boys against Johnson and Bryant, uh, but there's no Bryant, so uh, Freezer Thompson does double duty. Knobs and Freezer starts out. Brian Knobs is the drizzling poops, man. He falls down on a clothesline. It was a back elbow, but yeah. Oh, was it? Okay. But yeah, the, the momentum, they, they played it off that the momentum from Freezer Thompson knocked him yeah, down. Yeah, I told I said, they tried to cover it up, commentary. I said, just, this is just awful. Uh, they beat on Freezer, which that was, that was like, he already been in one match, you know, whining it on the other guy. Uh, the little guy finally... Did you see Knobs? I mean, Sags tell Knobs, get the other guy in here. And then he put the throw freezer over there, and David Johnson didn't even tag. He just walked in. <laughs> it was no tag. Yeah, I, I noticed that. And then later on, Sags, very, very shortly later on, Sags gives Johnson a uh, body slam because it just went downhill after Johnson got in. Even worse. Um, Sags gives Johnson a body slam and falls. And he falls down too. <laughs> and I was like, what the crap? Uh, so finally, they um, 
they go to their finish. It's the knobs off. Uh, Sag shoots him in. Uh, to knobs coming off the second rope with the clothesline for the one, two, three. And I put on here. These guys have no. They so these guys must have some pictures or some tape on somebody, because they're not ready to, to be pushed on TV anywhere. I said, uh, I said they don't make sense why they're getting a push. I said, it just they're beyond horrible. Sags is getting worse. Knobs is just is like I said is the drizzling poops. I said I don't understand. And the fans after the one two three, no reaction. It was quiet. They're, yeah, they're, and Memphis is used to seeing like not the best wrestling on on uh, Saturday mornings. But man, this is bad. Yeah. And they're getting worse every week. I'm sorry, Freezer Thompson. You, if you have a bad match with him, it's you're horrible. Uh, Johnson, that was the worst job match I've seen. David Johnson. He's not. I mean, he's not as he's not that as good, but he's decent for a job guy. You lose your bump. You know what I'm saying? You know they just. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so they cut the break. Uh, Lance. Um, Lance is at, well, no, actually, Lance is still at the desk, and he plugs the Super Tour 87 and then throws it to the video. It's the same video package. Uh, then they cut to the break. It's Evansville card. Uh, Super Tour video, but they insert a Lawler plug to it. Uh, did, you, did you notice he said, and I'm going to win this title right here in this city? Yeah, he, he, it was generic, yeah. Yeah, very generic. Yeah, I think, I said, no, I don't think, that's what I'm saying, I don't even think they... They used it for Memphis and, you know, Memphis usually gets their own gimmicks. I think they just use this for Memphis and all the the whole loop, the whole round the horn, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, that makes me wonder. Uh, then they uh, insert a uh, Jeff Jarrett, Billy Travis plug. Um, then they uh, come back to the studio, Lance and Dave at the desk, first match of the day. It's a um, six-minute time limit. Time, uh Help me here. I always mess this up. <laughs> Six-man six expiration of time match. There you go. All right. We got about two minutes. Um, uh, so it's uh, Star, uh, Mark Starr, um, Alan, Alan West, West, and John Paul. Against Keith Eric, Rough and Ready with Boss Winners. Uh, Starr was the only Bay face that got a he, – he got a small pop. The other two did got no pop. Oh, they said his name. Um, Keith Eric and Alan West start. Uh, they do a spot to start it off. It looks good. Tackle drop down, leapfrog. Alan West messes up the hip toss. I rewind it four times. He tried to grab Keith Eric around the waist to hip toss him. It was awful. Are, are, are you surprised? No, I'm not surprised, but how do you mess up a freaking... And then he follows that up with that horrible arm drag that he gives, that old man arm drag, the, the um, Vern Gagne arm drag. I was like, ugh. And Star, um, he comes in and he kills Keith Eric with a drop kick. I mean, he murders him. Uh, Lance is stooging it off that time's running down, uh, that they've got to take it home. Uh, so Star clotheslines, uh, I think it was ready. Close lines in for the pin. One, two, three. And they cut the break. Um, Lance and Dave come back to the desk. They get today's rundown results. Lance signs off. Music hit. Video plays. 
and we get about 30 minutes. And I had a big thing I was going to uh, talk about of reason. Uh, well, let's do a part two. All right. Well, I'll go on and. All right. So we're going to cut this and we're going to do a part two, folks. So just look for the uh, part two and click on it and we'll finish this day up. All right, fans. This is part two of this. Um, this. Uh, well, what was the August 8th, 1987 show? Um, so, yeah, they, so they close out the show. Um, it's kind of odd, though, that they had the, uh, usually that, that, uh, last match time limit, um, I, I always mess it up. What is it again? <laughs> the expiration of time Expiration match. of time match. There you go. It was really odd that it was against job guys. It, it, you notice that? Usually... You might have one or two, or maybe just, you know what I'm saying? Usually, even now, it's like maybe it'd be a baby face, and they'll have maybe, you know, maybe like two mid-card guys, maybe a job guy, maybe. But I've never seen it with just three straight-out job guys. Yeah, you know, uh, now, that, now that you mention it, like I've seen Rough and Ready in the uh, expiration of time match, but usually they have a, a partner who's a little higher up yeah, on the card or little, something. about a mid-card level, maybe, usually. So, because then, like, one time, wasn't right there before the end, uh, Jack Hart, wasn't he in one of those with, like, two job guys? Yeah. Yeah, because we were talking about, oh, he's on his way out because he's doing it with... So, yeah, there's always usually but just straight three of them, you know, in one match. It was it was really odd. Yeah. So, um, this TV was really different. Um... You know, at first I was like, this, I was going to say it's lazy booking, except for the, um, um, Dundee Barnes angle. So I was thinking, I was like, you know, cause they, you know last week's was, uh, the B show and it was all about the card. You know, it, it was, you know, to plug that, push that, that monstrosity of a, dream match gimmick um so then this week you know they introduce a new thing with the in the commission and everything but it's like nothing was really pushed on the tv at all except for you know your your uh, insert your town insert you know um nothing from the studio was even um mentioned about you know this super tour thing um, so, you know, I, I was thinking, I was like, why in the world, you know, it, uh, is it, I was like, this is lazy booking. But then I was, th I was like, well, let me go back. And that's when I looked and I saw that, um, I said, this show was, you know, like I said, it was taped on, um, uh, August 1st. So the August 3rd card, I figured would have been the, you know, super tour for, you know, for Memphis. And then, then they'd bring them back a second week. I guess they didn't want to pay them, uh, you know, for the champion, especially, you know, the world champion, the tags, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure they they could afford that, but, and because, like, Verms only run, like, two days a week, anyway, um, so I'm thinking they didn't want to pay the uh, champion, or Vern might have some uh, dates during the week, at a show, you know what I'm saying? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe they could, so... 
that's why I figured out, even though this was the, um, you know, the, the week behind show, nothing was you know mentioned because they were they couldn't have mentioned it, and on you know, because this was taped in Memphis on the on the first, they couldn't mention anything about the super tour because they wasn't Memphis wasn't getting the super tour until the same week as the delayed towns. See what I'm saying? Yeah. See at first I thought it was just lazy booking. And then I looked at it and I like I said I looked at the results and Memphis they didn't do their um they didn't do their super tour, you know, until, you know, the the same week as the Loop Towns did. Which you know, any other time they're always ahead, you know. And uh, so I guess that's why they couldn't do any kind of angle with Lawler, you know, in the studio. Because I was like, why wouldn't you have Lawler in the studio, you know, promoting a title match in Memphis, you know? Or just say, you know, it, it just didn't, you know, it, I was like, how But then I realized that they only had to, you know, I guess they only had the champion that one night, so they couldn't bring him in two weeks and let him do Memphis, then send him back home, then come back next week and do the loop. So it makes sense why they did it. It sucks um, because I think you, even though you put your, uh, you know, Memphis, you know, they put their insert in, you know, the tennis put their insert. Well, actually, actually, they did because you said that Lawler did the generic on his, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they didn't even have separate. Uh, ones, even though it just, I'm saying, it, being Memphis being a week ahead of the, the, the Loop Towns, I think it hurt to promote your world champion coming in off your TV. Because just doing it by your insert town part, I don't think it did any justice, you know, for the world champion to come in. It seemed to me, you know, I don't know. Because I mean, they built up best they could, you know, the week before saying, um, uh, you know, if Lawler beats Bachman, you never, you know, Lawler beats, or Bachman beats Lawler, whoever gets a shot at Henning, so, uh, but this, there's no way, you know, they could build, it, it sucks, really, because even if they wanted to actually spend some time, which they've always spent time and did everything for Memphis, the B-Towns, I mean, the loop, the other loop towns are the ones that get shafted, you know. They always put our emphasis on the Memphis show, so uh, so Memphis show didn't get it either, you know. So it's just kind of odd, but having that, you know, separation of the town, you know, the Memphis being a week earlier, um, and you can only get the champion in for one week, you know, it, it mess it kind of messes stuff up for them. So it's but the. Uh, Moon Dogs, they uh, they were on the first. They were on that first um, Super Tour video, right? Did they show them? Yes. Okay. Well, they were. I looked on the card for Memphis card. They wasn't on it. The Super Tour. Um, the only match. The, here's the matches. Um, uh, there was only the only people from AWA was on the show. Was Lawler against Henning, 
the tag match with uh, Boris Sukov and Sonat Yusinov against Wahoo and DJ Peterson. And the only other AWA was Mitch Snow against Kevin Kelly. All the rest of the card was uh, Memphis guys. Which I kind of shot. I figured they would have brought more AWA guys in, you know? Because, like I said, they're not, they were only, because I was looking through the AWA results and not counting the off and on. Because I noticed they, from like May and up until about October, um, the, the AWA crew, a lot of those guys were working at least um, one to two Memphis shows a month. Because Vern, like I said, Vern was only running uh, two times a week, sometimes only one. Because, you know, they do those that big taping in um, uh, Vegas, you know, and, they, you know, they did like a month of tapings or whatever. And the rest of the time is, man, they've done some of the results, I, like I said, I looked at, those uh, AWA towns, man, crowds were like 200, 400, 700. There was only, the only things that was drawn over 1,000 on all their shows was the TV tapings at the showboat in Vegas. They were drawing horrible. So, and like I said, he was only running one or two. So, some their, some their, a lot of their guys was getting work in Memphis. Uh, so, it was kind of shocking that they only sent the same way they sent more guys, you know, what you know, than just uh, those three matches, basically. But hey, Mitch Snow gets work, so that's all that matters. But I'm sure that match was horrible. Kevin Kelly was green as grass then. Wasn't that nails? Yes, but he was jacked to the gills then. I mean, he was shredded, and talking about robotic, robotically, just really stiff moving and uh so that match was probably horrible um but yeah um and oh i'm 99.9999 percent sure that you're right that was from the um i didn't look it up to see the the results of the superdome if that was a superdome show with rocky johnson footage but i, I looked i watched it like four or five times on this one um it looks like his partner's Mark Rankins, and he was in um, Mid-South for a while around that time period. So as I'm thinking that was a um, that wasn't one of them Superdome shows. So All right, I got one I'm, right. I'm pretty sure you're right on that one, because uh, I, I kept trying to see who it was, and it looked like it was Mark Rankins that was on the outside, and he was, he was working for Watts around that time period when that was recorded. Because that looked like about 85, um, end of 84 or 85 um, Mid-South Watts. So. Um, but this show, like I said, it, they couldn't really, they couldn't do any, they really couldn't do anything to really do anything off the Super Tours besides just plug it being a Super Tour, you know. With, with the way the scheduling, their AWA schedule and the way the taping schedule was. So, I, because I, at first I was like, this makes no sense. It's horrible booking. And then I did a little research and found out, you know, I was like, hey, th there's a reason why. And I did some more research for you. I found out who Cousin Bluey was. All right. Who was Cousin Bluey? Okay. Cousin Bluey was, a, he worked, the only thing I could find some stuff was in 87 and 88. He worked, uh, and world class is a job guy as Barry Coley. 
Um, then he worked for the NWA, did TV jobs. Um, mostly it was, um, it looked like it was mostly like the, uh, what was their B&C shows worldwide and whatever their B&C shows were back in that time period in 87, 88. Pro or was Pro later? Uh, it was basically the ones they shot in the Carolinas. One of the, you know, the ones they shot in the Carolinas for their B shows. Um, he was, uh, on some of the show, on those he was, he was, uh, he went by Big Bear Collie and Bear Collie, but he was a job guy. And they said Dundee saw him when he was in, at Crockett and um, brought him in, booked him for that one thing. And then the next week, uh, they said he, uh, I found, the only thing I could find, I think he worked Memphis and uh, I think the Loop and opened a match against, I think it was John Paul maybe. And then he was gone. So basically he just, uh, he brought him in just for that, Tag gimmick basis is what he really brought him in for. So, so, but that's who he is. <laughs> I did. I went and looked that up. So, so I, I did did do a little research. But um, the commission thing, uh, like I said, I think they should use the name Union. But you know, maybe they didn't want you know. I guess you know. I guess I didn't want to say it's a union, you know what I'm saying? I, I guess, I, you know, Jerry's just like, no, we ain't getting no union in here, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I, that's what I'm assuming, but, uh, like I said, this was an okay show, you know, wasn't good, wasn't bad, you know, except for the um, Dundee and Barnes thing was just awesome, awesome. Um, but that's about the only thing I really got it. I mean, because it really wasn't much, nothing to it. Except, you know, like I said, it only had really two angles, and the rest was just filler, basically. What do you think? Yeah, I, I kind of agree. So the Dundee-Barnes thing is gold. I mean, it's the, the promos alone, I mean, we'll never see the footage of the, of the matches. So, yeah. you know, who, who knows? Uh, well, I, mean, I don't know. We might. But, uh, you know, who knows if they stand up? I'm sure they probably do. Um but the promos leading up and the storyline leading up to it has been gold. Yeah. Uh, I'm really interested in the commission thing. Um, just based off the promo alone, I'm, I'm interested in it. Well, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, as I say, you're right, though. Other than that, there wasn't much on the show. No. Um, if, if I never see the Super Tour 87 video again, <laughs> I'll be happy. Uh, I believe I texted you earlier today and said it was on here 947 times. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> it, it, you know, it wouldn't been bad if they would have put some, some effort behind it, but it was they just took it and clipped it up and tried to regurgitate it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If they put time behind, it, they could have made. They could have did something. What they, like I said, they were handcuffed, but they didn't help themselves. Basically, you know, that's what I think. They didn't try to make chicken salad out of chicken poop. They just took. I mean, I scratch that reverse. <laughs> chicken poop out of chicken. I don't. You know what I mean. <laughs> You, you were right the first time. 
They took chicken. They took chicken salad, made chicken poop out of me. But you know, they 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 could have took a you know, like I said, they were handcuffed. They could have put some time and effort and really did something good with limitations. But and it shocks me they really did. You know that they didn't even care about Memphis on this one. I guess they figured it'll draw. You know, it's the world champion. But ah. Uh, I don't think it had any results. Uh, the results didn't have the the um, it didn't have the um, attendance on it, so I don't know what it drew. Uh, but I do know. I think the week after, um, had on the results had the attendance, and it said seventy five hundred, which I can't believe that. You know, when they're drawing, you know. Basically, thirty-five, averaging about thirty-five hundred, you know, which still ain't that's not bad, but in a ten thousand seat building is. But I mean, they really wanted to see the Russians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Houston off is a star, baby. Yeah, you know what? I don't think uh, I don't think they sent uh, Sheik Adnan with them because they didn't say nothing. Which they well. That ain't saying, come on, so we're complaining about they don't go. So he might have got sent and didn't advertise him, but. Um, uh, they probably didn't send him and just put Bruno in a headdress. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't be shocked, or you know who else I wouldn't be shocked they sent him out with? Boss, boss winners. Oh, man, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, But uh, that's the whole thing with the gimmick is Adnan, he, he's, you know. But I don't know. Like see, they just didn't, they they could have did more, a lot more with what they had with, and they didn't want to. That's basically Memphis. But you know, um, uh, it just I don't know. The show was, it was just there, you know, and it could have been a lot yeah. more. Be, be, yeah, beyond those, two, you know, the the one angle and the one great promo. You're right. It was it was just there. Yeah, and it, and it could have been a lot more, and I think they just relied on. Like Jerry Jarrett's like, ah, the we got the world champion coming in. It'll draw, you know. It's just it's ain't nineteen eighty two. You know, Nick Bachman coming in hot. This is you know, Kerr Henney coming in stale. So I'm sure they didn't draw well. Couldn't have. But I'm trying to think, anything else on this card that stuck out? I don't think there was anything, was there? No. I mean. Oh yeah, there was. Did you notice the big um, when when the when actually when anybody came in to the if you're looking at the screen to the left of the desk, there was some big old uh, on the wall. They had like a big panel of all these different like look like poster different colored poster boards on it. Did you see that? I didn't. You didn't. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I, I sure didn't. I saw, they showed it at least three or four times. You could see it, and I couldn't see what it what it was. So uh, it was something that was on the thirty minute Memphis part, um, but it 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 just looked weird because it looked homemade, which it's Memphis. I mean, it's going to be. I'm sure Lawler yeah. did it, whatever it was. Lawler bubble lettered everything. It was him doing the stuff, but it was like it looked like different colored poster boards on a big panel, and I don't know if it what it was for because you can it because they never showed it you know long enough um you know to see what it was 
It wasn't any kind of advertisement because you could tell it was homemade. Um, but I saw it at least three times. So I don't, especially when the uh, commission was out there. Because they were, you know, they but walked in and out, you know, knocking all that. So you, the camera was going, you know. Um, but I saw it at least three times. And I, it was weird. Like I said it, it was weird because it, because it, you know, it was done on uh, like poster boards. So, with bubble letters. So it looked really generic sitting over there, you know. I just, yeah, I, I, I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, no, I sure yeah. didn't. Yeah. I noticed the first thing, I was like, what the crap is that over there? And they never mentioned it, so I was like, I had to be on the 30-minute Memphis thing. But what it, whatever it was, it, they didn't put much, they didn't, they didn't put a lot of uh, work into it either. Because you could tell it looked, say, it looked, it looked really bad. From what, I don't know what it was, but it didn't look like they put a lot of time and effort or, or money into it. So... But yeah, I can't believe you didn't say that. You usually notice something more than I do. Yeah, that one, I don't know. Maybe I was paying attention to the promo too much, more than anything else. I didn't, it just didn't shoot out to me. Because most, I think that I saw it the most in the commission thing at the beginning. So that's probably you were paying more attention because you paid more attention to what Brickhouse was saying than I did. And um, so, yeah. I'm about to go by. I'm trying to freeze frame it, but it it was too far back. You know what I'm saying? Um, to actually see any of the um, writing. So, um, like I said, I fast forwarded to the next show to see what kind of show it was. I didn't look to see if it was on there because I, I didn't watch it long enough to actually see if it was still up or not. So it might just have been a one week thing um, for the Memphis thirty minute thing. It could have been any. Who knows what it was? But. Um, all right, well, if you ain't got nothing else on this show, I definitely don't, because I've tried to squeeze every last drop out of it. <laughs> <laughs> that I can find anything out of it to talk about, but it just, um, I don't know. There ain't nothing, like I said, it was, it's like one of those shows of, of just, they had to have, they had to fill time with, with just, you know, filler, you know. But um, next show, like I said, I, I scanned the first part of it to see what kind of show it was, I gotta say, what I saw is—it's very interesting. I don't know if it's very interesting in a good way, or if it's very interesting as a, in a bad way. But it was just—I like said I didn't watch the whole thing, so it's gonna be interesting to see where they go of what little bit I saw. I mean, put it this way: this the next week's show from the five minutes that I watched it had more more going on than this whole show did <laughs> so so I think it's going to be it, if it's not going to be good it's going to like I said it's going to be interesting <laughs> so that's one thing to look for after watching this uh, but so last week's show was a big floating turd this one was kind of like a fart in church so hopefully next week will you know, be really, really good. But all right, well, I guess we're gonna wrap this up. I'm jumbled and mumbled enough here. Uh, but uh, all right, everybody. Um, for Jeremiah Plunkett, I'm Quentin Charisma. To me, thanks for listening and God bless. Bye bye, everybody. Mitch Ryder, baby.